I'm tearing up. <laughs> it's just about hate. screamed right now, but I'm not even there. <laughs> now that's inspirational, Natalie. <laughs> I feel inspired today. Part two I, of I, this. Can, I could be here for another hour. <laughs> no. I always go, he winds up homeless on the street. It's my fault. <laughs> I don't know what got into my head, but I thought, I thought this thought, you know, if I'm working year-round, I might as well get paid year-round. <laughs> Sweet Talk is a weekly 20-minute podcast brought to you by the Continuing Education and Workforce Training Division of Idaho State University's College of Technology. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and subscribe today. Now, it's time to get started with Sweet Talk. Hello, everyone. This is uh, Jason Batalden with Continuing Education Workforce Training. And Paul, you're on the show today. Good to see you today. Yes, yes. I'm Paul Dickey, the Instruction Manager for uh, Continuing Education Workforce Training. And Jason, um, here, here we are, another show that we're together again, finally. Finally. Um, I know. It's, <laughs> I, I shouldn't make fun of you being... Uh, you know, not being on the show because I've missed a couple shows here this year. Already. Yeah, this yeah, it, yeah. It's it's you know it's just a busy time, busy time right now. Just a busy time right now, and uh, you know also uh, sickness, sickness. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Isn't that? I was talking to somebody the other day, you know, and they were talking about the new normal, right? The new normal was you could used to, be able to walk into work and go, "Hey, I'm not feeling real well, but I'm feeling well enough to work," and everyone was okay with it. Not anymore. You no, no. In and you got it. You got something going. You get home. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, no one wants you here. Even if you have like a little cough, get out of here. Get out Leave. Of here. <laughs> Nobody wants you near them. It's no, you know, no. So. Um, uh, yeah, I know we, we had a, uh, a, a, last week we had like an empty office because people are coming down with not just COVID just the regular colds yeah. now, right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's kind of interesting. Hey, Paul, a couple uh, real quick plugs, uh, just as always. We've got yes. some, uh, we got a couple really neat uh, events coming up for continuing education workforce training. Uh, the con construction combine is coming up. Um, that's always good. Gosh, we're always excited when that happens in March. Um, and that is good news. So we're looking at the 30th and the 31st of March for the construction combine. Be sure to check uh, that out on our on the constructioncombine.org website and that's all spelled out construction combine and then in April in May I always get messed up am I in yeah. May I forgot oh my goodness I'm just the guy that's supposed to know these things um you know what what does that matter <laughs> oh it's, matter? it does you know Paul I was wrong it's April hi and I've been April. looking at the flyer uh, are we talking about the emergency medical conference? Yes, it's April 28th, 29th and 30th. And so you definitely want to be sure if you are in uh, emergency medicine at any capacity whatsoever. Uh, this is an annual conference and we got some dynamite speakers. So uh, excellent. Sure excellent. That, 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 that was very good last year, too. Yeah. I mean, they're really yeah. getting good. Yeah. And yeah. They have a, have a lot of good guests. Yeah, we do. So we're not necessarily talking about the emergency medicine conference today, but we do have a doctor here with us today. Um, <laughs> we have a great guest, Dr. David M. Boren, MD. He's the medical director at Idaho Falls Employment Health Clinic, and he's located, his office is located in Idaho Falls uh, in that medical district up there on Channing Way. So um, you definitely are excited to have him today. So I'm going to give the official welcome, Dr. David. And uh, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself a little bit to those listening and tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Um, well, Jason, Paul, thank you very much for having me on the show. So yeah, that's right. I am uh, Dr. David M. Boren, MD, the medical director of the Idaho Falls Employment Health Clinic, PLLC, or IFIC, located uh, in the Idaho Falls Medical District on Channing Way in Idaho Falls. So um, this clinic's vision is to increase access to quality healthcare among lower middle wage earners in the non-coastal West. Um, and you hear that correctly, I'm gonna go into detail about that in a second. Um, our mission is to do so with a community run clinic who's um, it was uh, organized exclusively for the charitable, educational, and scientific purposes of 501c3 and any future uh, tax code. Of note is we are not yet a 501c3, but we act according to the principles mm -hmm. of one. Right on. And okay. our organizational goals, okay, are to do these by a free clinic that's open late, okay. By, a, uh, by offering educational opportunities for aspiring healthcare providers, because we believe that one of the ways to increase access to quality healthcare and outcomes is to increase access to opportunities. And finally, um, to provide non-politically partisan advocacy. And just one thing to that effect, do you guys see the stuff that's in the background here? Um, what I'm really yeah. proud of is that we promote the material of different organizations in the area that serve these areas, such as the public health, such as Your Health Idaho, um, recently had enrollment period there. Mm -hmm. Public health offers a lot of services to people. We want people to know we partner with other free clinics. We just want people to know all the resources that are available to them so that they can make the best decisions. Right on. So, so David, this is, uh, you, you've been in the practice, uh, doing this for a minute, right. But yeah. just recently you've kind of, uh, it's transitioned over to the nonprofit, uh, yeah. free health clinic side. You want to talk about that just a little bit? Yeah. Thank you. What an intelligent question. Thank you very much for asking me that. Yeah. So, um, right now, um, we did transition to becoming a pro bono and I just wanted to find the word pro bono. That means, um, not just free, but given free without our expectation of anything in return. So it's not like you give your insurance cards us, you don't pay anything and then it's free. It's like, you don't pay anything. And this came all about because we have been responding to the needs of the community. This clinic very proudly used to be an affordable clinic, a very affordable clinic before it became a free clinic. We specialize in Department of Transportation examinations, but it became a free clinic after people approached us and asked me to provide some very cheap, basic healthcare that wouldn't have cost me anything, but that uh, would have been very expensive to them. I'm talking <coughs> just basic things like refills and medications and um, over time I found I was able to do more and more things, including adding labs. So that's the thing. I'm always taking feedback from people formally and informally mm -hmm. on what's offered next. And so I'm proud of how we've been developing. Very cool. Very cool. So I've, you know, so this is a recent transition to the free clinic. Is that correct, Dr. David? That is, 
that is correct. It happened in two phases. The internal medicine clinic, because we do employment health, that's my specialty, started in July of last year when a couple of people just approached me about um, giving them uh, basic medicine. And then um, it transitioned all together to a free clinic late June of this last year, which is 2021, um, when... I looked at my budget and determined my marginal cost was so low per patient and examinee that I could offer everything for free and appeal to outside donors to ask them to cover the costs. Oh, very cool. Wow. So was that a difficult transition to do in this uh, um, during the COVID uh, pandemic? Or did it seem like a natural transition because there was more need for it? Interestingly, you know, neither. I would say what happened was... I was just so busy because I was laying the foundations for putting together the clinic. There is so much paperwork. I wrote all the policies myself for the clinic. It took a long time to do it, to dot my I's and cross the, my T's, especially when people were asking me to provide the basic medical care like that. I needed to make sure that I was complying with all sorts of applicable laws doing it. There wasn't really like a guidebook for doing this. I don't know of too many standalone clinics that aren't part of a corporate system. And so I char I feel like I went on uncharted waters when I put this together. Now, regarding the pandemic, one thing I am proud of is when everybody else was cutting back their hours, my clinic just kept our same hours of 10 to 10, seven days a week by appointment only. And that might be a good time to say, if I can go on one tangent here, our hours are very simple, 10 to 10, seven days a week by appointment only. <laughs> including holidays and we're now doing telemedicine throughout idaho and utah and so that technically means we're serving the, per the peripheries of nevada arizona new mexico colorado wyoming and montana as long right. as people are willing wow. to, state line to prove that they're within the jurisdictions of idaho and utah <laughs> so, so i have to ask after that um are you the only doctor at the facility or do you have a staff there i am what a great question. I am the only doctor here, and that's also what helps make this a free clinic. The real way that this is a free clinic isn't even the volume of donations coming in. The reason it's a free clinic is I'm not hemorrhaging costs. This whole clinic is only 825 square feet. I do everything. I do the clerical work. I pick up the telephone myself. I do the uh, medical assistant work where I'm taking the vitals. I do the medical doctor work. I do the phlebotomy work. I follow up. But the end result is not only does it make all this free, but it also makes it very high quality because there's no handoff. And so at the end of the day, while I would love to be known as the doctor who provides free healthcare, what I really want to be known by the entire region as is actually the doctor who provides high quality care. People have come to my clinic for second opinions when they weren't happy with the first opinion that they received. And to the effect that we do in fact serve the non-coastal West, we have to date served permanent residents of six different states. And I now have um, permanent continuous patients who live as far away as Colorado and again, they, they understand that it's across state lines into Idaho or Utah or licensed right. in order to provide, uh, to receive right. the telemedicine. But where did this idea come from, David? I, that, that's kind of I just, you know, you, I, I'm assuming um, you got into medicine 
for not only the, I mean, why, let me just read that, start yeah. that question. I have no idea why anyone would go into medicine <laughs> for my, I just don't get it. Uh, it seems hard and, and complicated, yeah. but so there's obviously, uh, you know, a draw, something that was a passion for you, but, but where did this idea come from to move into this, uh, a free clinic? Yeah. So, well, as, as I really want to emphasize, make this a theme, it all came about because I was listening to feedback from the community and adapting to the feedback from the community. And so one of the questions that has come up is when I feel you're implicitly asking it earlier is if we were ever overwhelmed. No, I was never overwhelmed because I did this in bite-sized increments and carefully looked at what was being asked of us before we did this. Like we didn't offer, like one of the things you'll see on my wall here is we have a certificate for being a, a lab we did things in so many bite sizes. Being a lab, we started offering um, more advanced labs through Quest Diagnostics. We started offering radiology through Teton after looking at the costs of those different kinds of things, offering orthopedic services. So, um, and in the future, we are hoping to offer medications as well to people. Very cool. It's not currently part of the contract. But so, we are. so it was just a, it was a response to need is, is kind of what drove you ab or ab inspired absolutely. you. Absolutely. And that's part of, in our, uh, in our mission statement about our being a community run health center. And very importantly, we're not part of a corporation. Um, as a matter of fact, there's not even really a we, it's just I, I who run it. Um, when you're asked about employees, the one thing I might make a segue to is I mentioned we have educational opportunities as our second objective. We do have a paid internship and proudly before I even saw any patients, you asked what we did during COVID. The one thing we did do was we had a paid internship. The very first thing when our clinic started, even before we had any patients, because we put such a strong emphasis on it. And this year, or the coming year, we're really proud to say that it's sponsored by Lookout Credit Union. Oh, right on. So that internship itself is sponsored by Credit Union, right on. It is, it is. And so it made it possible for us to pay a very generous um, uh, salary to our paid interns of $20 right. an hour. We're even thinking of upping it to 25 an hour. Wow. So are, are you still currently looking for interns or do you have a full staff right now of interns? We are still looking for interns, as a matter of fact. Um, we didn't offer it at all in 2021 because um, not enough people applied. But in 2022, we are hoping to do it. Um, I suspect part of it could be seasonal when I was looking for people to do it. But this is the perfect opportunity. And it is open to anybody who is in any good faith manner, pre-health professional. So if you're pre-med, pre-nursing, even if you're pre-public health, which isn't per se a professional school track, but you're working with that kind of thing. If you're pre-law and willing to have an academic advisor certify that you'll be working something along the healthcare track, you know, we're interested in taking you here to this clinic, giving you a great opportunity to um, learn a lot where you'll work directly with me. We have a curriculum set, a syllabus, and where you can get an opportunity to get a great letter of recommendation um, reflecting that experience in the field. For many professional schools, many professional schools, you're required to have a minimum number of hours shadowing and we can help you fulfill that. Very Excellent. Cool. Hey, I've got two part question. Um, yeah. 
Number one, what was what is the most difficult part of running the free clinic? And then after that, what is the most rewarding part? Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's a great question. Off the top of my head, the most difficult part of my clinic might just be the clerical aspect of it. Um, I didn't think I was actually going to show this on a podcast, but uh, we were given so many donations and, and I didn't have a chance to go to put everything away before the podcast, but I do everything myself. But I'm also proud to say one of the reasons things aren't all put away is that I'm putting all my emphasis on the patient care and taking care of that. And that's also the part that's the most rewarding. Um, to date, I've always had really good results. I mean, I'm in a position where I limit the number of people I see by appointment only. I follow people really carefully. I was once talking to a provider who said to me, well, you know, I have, I have only one shot of getting things because I don't get to see people and follow up. And I, I didn't say this to this person, I bit my tongue, but I was kind of like, well, exactly. I follow up on my patients and I know what's happening all the time and I adjust the treatment if there's an issue. Right on. Excellent, right on. excellent. So you are finding some, that's that's cool. I, I guess that's the other thing too, right? Is, is you are finding success and the success is measured by the quality of care that your patients are receiving is what it sounds like. To me. I, I would definitely say so, yeah that have you, feedback that they give me yeah i was just going to ask you about that what kind of feedback have you gotten from the community i mean i think that the number one piece of feedback i give the, the two pieces top two pieces of feedback i give are when people come back that's one thing that's one of the reasons that i'm kind of limited um some days i'll get slammed because i just have so many repeat people calling and then um, the other piece of feedback, of course, is when people come in and they say, well, someone else I had told referred them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Referrals are, oh, referrals are great. That's a great feedback. Right. Um, so um, you and say, you plus, know. And then plus, can I just repeat that theme? Yeah. Yeah. Go right ahead, please. We proudly adjust to the needs of the community. So not so much feedback in the forms of criticism, but in the and although we'd definitely be receptive to it, but feedback in the sense of, can you offer this service? And when people repeatedly ask me for things like that, like I need more blood pressure medications, you know, how, how can I not do that for people? And, and by the way, I just want to throw one other side note in as a community education point, because I think this is so important. Idaho is one of, to my knowledge, only four states I'm aware of where pharmacists have the power to prescribe, at least limited. So if you ever have some um, prescription that's not for a controlled substance that your life depends on and you can't reach a doctor and you, know, you don't think of reaching Ithic, just be aware that you can tell a pharmacist this and that a pharmacist can write you a limited emergency refill of those medications. So I did not know that. Yeah, to my knowledge. And they can also okay. order certain other tests. I think they can order pregnancy tests and other things. So very cool. So do you rely on, you must have a good working relationship with some of the pharmacists in the area then? I do. I am really proud of it that I have a working relationship with pharmacists because they have a real ability to um, prescribe and adjust medications. They are, and I'm saying this also as an educational point, folks, they are the last line of defense when 
you receive any kind of medications. I like them to know why I'm writing something, any kind of reason someone shouldn't be receiving a drug such as if they're pregnant or have other conditions like diabetes, get their input. I work very closely with them and they understand just as all of you can reach me that they can reach me right away. Very cool. Nice, nice. So I, I this is a far out, far fetched yeah. question. Um, so you've gotten a lot of donations. You get a lot of help from the community. If yeah. you had something on your wish list that you said, "Oh, I wish mm. I could have this donated," what would that be? Honestly, it probably would be um, the therapeutics, so that people wouldn't have to pay for the medications. I I don't know if this applies to me since we're not technically, we haven't technically gotten the IRS nonprofit status, but I've been given a price that that would be about 7,500 a year. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So David, uh, I'm going to jump just a little bit out of the clinic. Um, and I'm, and you, you, we brought this up in our pre-conversation, so we might as well just disclose it. Uh, David, um, you have the unfortunate uh, 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 lot in life to be my neighbor, <laughs> but, but, uh, you, you came to Idaho kind of in a roundabout way and it, I get the impression you love it here. Yeah, I do. That's, that's right. Um, I, to my knowledge, am the only, um, doctor who was recruited to the lab out of residency hired from there after I passed my, um, subspecialty boards i left um and uh, went on sabbatical and was founding the clinic i do love it here um i have found the community just the community is honestly part of what makes the clinic work i mean it, it really is a partnership it's one of the biggest misnomers in medicine is that it's all about the doctor no the the treatments work because the patients partner they're cooperative People do pitch in on stuff. As I mentioned, we have the donations that's here. I, I, I do love it here. Um, and, and I love the whole region, as a matter of fact. I'm new to the non-coastal West, as I like to call it, um, the 17-state region west <laughs> of the Mississippi, excluding the Gulf Coast and the Pacific Coast. And one other thing they'll add about it that is very novel is I am actually a new driver. Until recently, there were teenagers who were driving longer than I've been driving. Um, <laughs> really? You know, I, just, I lived in Chicago. I still have my oh, wow. cell phone number. And uh, in Salt Lake City, I learned how to drive and where I trained. And uh, so th that is a real novel thing to me driving on the on the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I'm from Boston. And yes, there are certain areas you can live in and go, I never need a car. Why would I need a car? <laughs> um, so without violating HIPAA, yeah. um, what would you think? Can you tell us like maybe one of your greatest success or something that put the largest smile on your face um, operating in the clinic? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, by the way, on our clinic, one of the things we are allowed to do without discussing any patient names or anything like that is generally list the conditions. And we actually list on our website, ifehc.com. Again, that's ifehc.com, a portfolio of all the different cases that we have done. But by far, I would say the most rewarding cases that I have uh, seen have probably been the infectious diseases. And the reason for it, if you read any medical textbook, any public health textbook, by far the number one advancement we have ever had 
in medicine has been the control of infectious diseases. For those diseases, there has been truly a uh, cure. Excellent, excellent. So, so David, we hit our 20 minute time, light, uh, time limit. I, we told you, we warned you, boy, 20 minutes goes by fast on this show. Um, and so I definitely want to tell you, thank you. Um, before yeah. I let you go, um, people need to get a hold of you. Um, how would you like them to do that? Um, the way, so I am very proud of how accessible I am. Um, the number is, and this forwards to my cell phone as well, um, 208-932-4932. Again, it's basically 932-4932. Our website is ifehc.com. And I really pride myself in being reached because that's what gives us our really great outcomes that people don't go to a call center or some other third party. If there's some issue, they reach me directly and they also get good outcomes because I determine which cases are appropriate for the clinic. Right on. Excellent. Right on. So, Excellent. All right. And also uh, we will list that contact information in the descriptions uh, where you get your podcast. So uh, Dr. David M. Bourne, we are so uh, glad that you're on the MD. show today. <laughs> MD. MD. <laughs> Sorry, David. Um, <laughs> we're glad that you're on the show. Thank you for taking your time. I know you got a busy day today ahead of you, um, but real quick. Hey, Paul, um, they want to get, people want to get a hold of us. What's the website? See how I flipped that on you today? Oh, thank you. Um, the website is cetrain.isu.edu. If they want to reach us by email, that would be cetrain at isu.edu. And our phone number, if you'd like to call them out office, would be 208-282-3372. Very good. Thank you, Dr. David uh, Boren. I, I just, tell you i just really enjoyed our conversation and i'm excited for this uh this service and the opportunity for people to get well that you're Me providing too. so thank yeah. you yes thank you so much for being on our show today and thank you for everything that you do for your community thank you